Lawrenceville. Um, Shout out to any Lawrenceville homies. Yeah. Um, and I asked Emad, so I got to do it to you too, man. Are you single? I am. Okay. <laughs> that's, that's so fun and so embarrassing. Cool, man. Hey, I, I want you guys to hear a little bit of Trevor's story. I sat down with him, and we just kind of, like, walked through basically your entire story for, like, an hour and a half. We just talked, and obviously we don't have that amount of time, so we're condensing it down to just a few minutes. But I want you to just kind of start from the beginning, man. Tell us a little bit about uh, your journey, especially in faith and how it all began. Yeah, so I went to church as a kid back when 12 Stone was Crossroads, um, how long ago was that? A long time. Know, a long time. So it was probably elementary school at the time. And, uh, man, when I was a kid, I was the friendliest. I would, I would say hi to everybody at the mall. I'd, on planes, I would go up to other people's seats and start eating their popcorn. And That was friendly? Uh, that sounds terrible. Hey, well, okay, then you I sound was, like a terrible was, human being. I was probably, like, I was probably <laughs> quite little then. But, I yeah, I ended up, like, I had a ton of friends, and um, I had a pretty good elementary school. And I was going to Crossroads at the time. And uh, I guess... Christianity and our faith wasn't quite central in our home um, as a family when we were younger. And uh, I kind of remember my mom asking us, like, hey, do you guys still want to go to church? And at the time, I was, I was still in elementary school. I didn't know the weight of that question. Um, obviously, now I would have said differently if I had the wisdom of a, you know, now as I did when I was, like, five years old. But um, so, yeah, so we stopped going to church um, for whatever reason. And... Um, and I was the type of kid that wasn't very um, pressured by his parents. I always um, kind of pressured myself to do well and stuff like that. And uh, um, I guess middle school came, and we all got awkward. And, <laughs> yes, we did. That's uh, a fact. I had my blown-up mushroom head haircut, and uh, um, I just got really quiet. I got really self-conscious. Um, and I still do, did well in school and stuff, but I became – a quiet kid. I had maybe two friends at the lunch table. Um, complete difference night and day from um, my elementary school days. So, um, yeah, so I guess that kind of continued, that self-consciousness and that, um, that low self-esteem. It sort of planted seeds for the future and uh, hit high school. And that's where everything kind of started to fall apart. Um, I was extremely exhausted with sports every day. I had so stressed out with, um, with school. Taking, I thought I should take the hardest classes I should. Um, started to become really stressed out, lots of anxiety, and eventually started having panic attacks. My hands would seize up and my lips would pucker and because of lack of oxygen and sometimes at the lunch table in front of everybody. And um, it was kind of during those times where, you know, my parents would make comments here and there at the lunch table, like, you used to be so talkative, you used to, you know, be so um, friendly to everybody and stuff, and um, I started seeing the change in me, absolutely, by then. Yeah. Um, and eventually, I, I would say this probably around sophomore year, I, I really started to fall apart. I um, didn't want to get out of bed. It was almost like a stone on me when I was in bed. I just couldn't get out of bed. Um, and I did this for a long time, just not wanting to go to school, not wanting to do anything, not finding happiness in anything I used to want to do, not in sports, um, not, not hanging out with all the friends I had. Um, and my mom asked me one day, hey, are you feeling okay? Are you doing okay? And 
I couldn't even put on a mask and say yes. I, I couldn't even lie about it anymore. I was, um, and I just said, no, I'm not. It would kind of, you know, breaking down that moment, kind of with tears in my eyes. And, um, and I, you know, at that point, I pretty much knew something was wrong with me. Tell us, tell us about kind of what the, what happened after that, and, and obviously, and your parents sought help for you and that kind of thing, and yeah. you began to go, okay, maybe I should, I should get some help for what's, mm-hmm. whatever's going on. Yeah, so I mean, like I said, I knew something was wrong. I knew this wasn't myself. Um, so I started, uh, I saw a therapist and psychiatrist, and you know, it's funny in those 15 minutes that they would talk to me, they you know, diagnose me with clinical depression and then here, take some medication. Um, Send me off to the doctor 15 minutes later, not really knowing, you know, what was going on with me or any in-depth conversation really. Um, And I remember being told, you may have to be medicated for the rest of your life. And and that was a devil's lie and I believed it though. I really did believe it. there was a time in, in therapy where it's a, an exercise where they asked me to write down five things that I liked about myself. I couldn't do it. I couldn't write down two. I'm not sure I wrote anything down on that piece of paper. Um, and I went through therapy and going to the psychiatrist for, for years. Just It's basically guesswork, just saying, oh, maybe this will work. Maybe this will... Um, take away your depression in a couple months and and at this time I was you know I was I was skipping class I was sitting in parking lots um, waiting for class to end because I would skip um, I was doing all the wrong things and I was expecting medication to take me out of that tell us about I mean, obviously you're at a pretty low point in your life at that time what was kind of the the shifting moment um, I know it was a little bit toward the end end of high school a little bit. Right, so I started going to my junior year. I'd probably been depressed for um, probably two or three years at this point. And, uh, well, I was just listening to Pan- Pandora one day, and uh, a band came on called Red. They're a Christian rock band. Um, riffing them right now. Oh, I see uh, what you did there. Okay. Yeah. The, and the passion that they were singing with for God, they're called Red because of the um, the blood of Jesus Christ, and um, at the time, I, I wouldn't have considered myself Christian at this point. I uh, left my faith behind. I don't even know if you could have called it a faith when I was in elementary school, so um, yeah, I just started soul-searching basically for a week, um, listening to all their albums. Their lyrics really revolved around um, this desperation, uh, calling out for God, and I said, I want what they have. I want that feeling that they have. Um, and I, for, a, for a week, I just, all, it's all I thought about. I knew it was something beyond what I had, um, something beyond sports and friends and, and anything like that that I needed because obviously those things weren't helping me at this point. So, um, so we, we always used to pray before practice. Um, and during that prayer, I said my own prayer and I accepted Christ. Um, and for the first time in, in years, in a couple of years, I felt alive. I felt 
not like a zombie. I felt like I didn't have a mask on um, in that one moment. And, you know, I went through practice, and then afterwards there's, uh, there's a guy named Kali Hill that I went to high school with. Um, and I, I told him that I accepted Christ that day. Um, and his face lit up with just so much joy in his face because he was, he was the kid that would carry around his Bible at school that everybody would kind of look at and say, oh, there's, there's a kid with the Bible. Like, you know, <laughs> but, and I, I really admired him and I didn't think I would ever have what he had until I, I, I needed it, you know, and it happened. And we sat an, an hour in the parking lot and just prayed, um, you know, exhausted after practice, after a long day of school, but it, I never felt so full of energy and so alive in that moment. I know you told me that uh, it wasn't like after that prayer, everything just changed immediately, mm-hmm. but it was almost like that was the beginning of your fight, that now the fight had begun. And, and right. uh, obviously the next, like you went into college, all that kind of stuff, go ahead and, and go there. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it, it definitely, it wasn't an instant um, healing at all. Um, it actually got much worse. It got a lot worse. Um, I went through depression probably for four more years after that. I didn't realize it was just the beginning, uh, but now it's something to hold on to, and I knew that um, in, in Jesus. So um, once I went to college, all my friends had kind of moved away um, all over the state, all out of state. Um, so I was kind of comfortable with not having friends, but at the same time, I was, I was extremely lonely. I had nights where I would just kind of stare at the ceiling, blank expression, tears rolling down my face, and um, that was kind of, you know, that was just kind of how I accepted it, you know? It's kind of like when at night your, your eyes kind of adjust to the dark, and that's kind of what happened with me. Um, I just didn't know what it was like to be happy anymore. So I was, I, basically I was going through cycles. I would, you know, say, okay, I'm gonna hit school really hard this, this semester, go to school, um, get to the end, the last couple weeks, just break down, can't handle the pressure, start, you know, fail my classes. And then, you know, you get that two week break, you're thinking, oh, Stress is kind of going away. It's feeling kind of ready to go back. And then you go back, same thing happens again. I did this three times, failed all my classes three times. Um, this was at GGC. And um, man, just absolutely lost, absolutely lost. Um, still had, I felt, I still felt God in my life, definitely. Um, and I was, it was just hard to fight. I just, I didn't know how to fight at that point, I would say. Tell us about, um, so you went through that kind of their first years of college, and then it, I believe it was 2015, you showed up to uh, C12, right? Yeah, so um, my friend Ivana, um, I went to high school with her, and she invited me here to C12 one time, and this was a while ago. This was like probably two years before my first time, I, I would, like my next first time, I guess. Okay. Yeah, um, yeah. And, I, and I just didn't come back for two years. I don't know why. I loved it the first time, never came back. And so we I forgive you, but yeah, it, whatever. Yeah, I'm on first time guest now, and but that's cool. I this time, second time, I walked right past first time guest, um, just kind of hid out in uh, Starbucks, and uh, David Latsis and a girl named Madison Alcock came up to talk to me, introduced me to a bunch of people. Um, I met Matt Purcell and Jin Han, and uh, there's Jin. He said, uh, he said, uh, oh, you're new, right? And I said, oh uh, yeah. He's like, you're freaking coming to small group this Sunday. <laughs> Sounds just like Jim. <laughs> and uh, so I was like, okay, yeah, I'm down. I went small group probably for a couple of weeks. And, man, these guys, they believed in the power of prayer. They, like, supernatural prayer, the healing. 
and um, like God doing miraculous things, the, the, the all-powerful God that, you know, we sing about and we read about in scripture and we're like bringing it to life in, <clears throat> excuse me, in those, in, in those small groups. Yeah. Tell us, tell us what happened in the group and then um, kind of how that changed you. So I've probably been going for a few weeks at this point. And, uh, and every, every week I saw somebody getting prayed for, um, saw somebody having something that they were going through in their life and, you know, everybody just praying out loud um, for this person. And, you know, I decided I, I was kind of at another one of those breaking points. Um, and I decided I need that. I need it. You know, whatever that is, that feels like, because those guys come out of that prayer looking just renewed. And I didn't know if that was going to happen, but man, I, I knew I needed something. So um, they, they kind of asked like, uh, what do you need prayer for? And, you know, I told them, I feel like I'm about to break at this point. Um, I don't know if I can like keep going with it. And I just felt, you know, like 15 guys all laid a hand on me, all praying with that same desperation that I had learned when in, in my desperation when I came to Christ. For me though, not, you know, it's easy to pray with desperation for themselves, but they're all doing it for me. Um, and in that moment I encountered God like no other moment. I was crying in that, uh, with all those guys around me. Um, and not only did I encounter God, but I, I saw that all these guys around me, they cared about my story, my struggle, and what I was going through. And after so long without a group of friends, um, man, th that was the moment that I, I don't think I ever even stepped on the battlefield before that to fight depression, before that moment. Um, now I had the power of God and the power of, you know, a community behind me, guys that cared about me. And um, it, it, that absolutely changed my life, absolutely. Yeah, and, and I'm gonna ask you to share a detail of it because it, it, uh, it proves the power of prayer and the power of our God. And uh, I know you have some things you wanna share with it, but tell us about kind of your, your journey now with medication and all that stuff. So, yeah, um, I don't know if you guys are familiar with how psychiatrists work, but my experience was um, I'd go in that room, 15-minute talk, and they'd hand me a prescription. And so basically the way it worked was switch until you find something that works. Um, keep doing that until you build up a tolerance to the, the thing that did work, and then you start all over. Uh, with a new medication because you, the other one doesn't work anymore. Um, and I did that for years. And the summer after this was probably 20, middle 2016, and I just said, I'm fed up. And I clearly, I would not recommend this at all. I wouldn't say go cold turkey on med, any kind of medication. And I was just fed up. I was frustrated. And I just kind of packed it up and put it away. I said, I'm never taking that stuff again. Because I knew at this point that it wasn't the medication that had got me out of this depression. Um, at this point, I was, I was happy for the first time in, since 20, 2011, so probably five years at this point. And, and I knew it was God that brought me out of that. And it wasn't the medication. I always wanted to attribute everything, all my successes, every time I was feeling good to, oh, medication's working right now. And I knew, I knew that wasn't true. So I decided to not put that to the test, but a, a, final, a final slap in the, pa slap in the face to the, the mental illness that had plagued me for for five years now, so. Wow, wow. Have you taken anything since then? I have not, so it's been. Amen. Yeah, it's been over a year now. Yeah. I want you to share, I want you to share quickly, um, 
what God's doing in your life right now because uh, I think that's important too. Yeah, so I think the biggest thing this year has been trust because um, even after all that, um, after I stopped taking the medication, after I finally feel like I conquered depression, my school shut down and, uh, and nothing transferred. So, so we went from GDC to ITT Tech. Yeah, that's, that's yeah, how I went. yeah, I forgot ITT that ITT Tech yeah. shut down. And uh, so I had to start from square one and not taking medication and um, feeling like a whole future came crumbling down to the ground. Um, that was a good recipe for me to go back in that cycle of just, you know, breaking again, going back to square one. And it didn't really bother me. It just didn't. I just felt like after that journey, um, I could trust him to lead me, lead me to that perfect place wherever that was. So, um, and I started going to church a lot, started going like four times a week. And uh, I wasn't spending enough time sitting down with God. And so I kind of cut back on that. And because I, I kind of figured out that, all you have to do, I mean, some of the most powerful moments that I have with God are sitting on my couch in the basement or sitting in my bed. And I've had great moments in worship in, uh, in church and everything, but uh, man, my secret place is, is in the dark in my room, you know, next to, um, next to like a, a lamp or whatever, just, just sitting there by myself. So um, I think those two things have been the biggest things this year, yeah. I love that, I love that. Thanks for sharing your story, man. I know that's uh, not easy to bring all that out, but I wanted Trevor to share that because I know he's not the only one fighting that stuff. And uh, we were praying earlier tonight, and not only is that kind of a cloud of things over, uh, was over Trevor and maybe over some of you, it seems like a cloud over our generation, that that's a common battle that so many of us are fighting. And so I wanted Trevor to share your story to maybe bring a little bit of hope into your story and belief that uh, God can bring you out of that.